0: Here we come, blue and white, and we're looking good. We'll be in for a fight, and we fight pretty good. Getting goals is our job, and we get goals good. Looking good, we are Carlisle United.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brunton Beagle, the one place to get your canine fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. United's unbeaten start to the season comes to an end as they fall to defeat an early pace set at Stevenage. We take a look at that loss in Hertfordshire while looking ahead to the visit of Golshay Gillingham to Brunton Park this weekend. A little bit shorter intro than the one I tried to fit in last week, which was a bit like of a
2: mess. Sort of sums up with the. Uh... Slightly shorter episode we're expecting with not yeah. much news.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a week, isn't it? Uh, Dan, how are you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, not bad. Not nice good. little trip away last weekend, obviously. It's like so you missed the game like I did. Uh, and... yes, yes and no, the first <laughs> night was, but then uh, the lad was ill and he ended up oh, with so a viral, viral infection, so he's been on antibiotics. So... Oh,
1: that's not so much fun then, is it? <laughs> For you some holidays, yeah. is it? No. Uh oh, never mind, eh? Um, yeah, I, I, basically, to, to sum it up everyone... None of us went to the game last weekend, and none of us really followed it properly. I was at a party in the after someone's birthday party in the afternoon, so you know I was following on Twitter basically, constantly refreshing, getting dirty looks from the from the wife as to you know you're at a party or why you're looking at Twitter for <laughs> for brief updates on what's going on at the Carlisle game. Um, and yeah, obviously you were obviously in the in the in the wilds of southwest Scotland, and uh, Mike was a. Uh, you know, pounding the roads of the Northwest, getting beer to everyone in their Weather streams, isn't he? So, uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a difficult one for us to, to cover. But we, we've, we watched back through the, the extended highlights and things like that. And we, so we've got a, a decent idea. And we do have one sixty second review, uh, to cover as well, the game. So, uh, we'll be on to that. And obviously previewing the Gilligan game as well. Um, before we start, um, I'll, I'll just do the sponsor bit first, obviously just a reminder that the uh, once again this season the podcast is going to be sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all kind United fans, they've got no- members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and of course every part of London and the South East. We'll try and get some new places in there from the, uh, from the London Branch as well, so just update it a little bit I think it's fair to say. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section of this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, Londonbranch.org. and also a reminder um, you can subscribe to the podcast on any good podcast app, just uh, you know, search for the Brunson Bugle on whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Pocketcast click subscribe and as soon as you do when a new episode comes out, you'll get a little notification. You can download it and listen to it at your leisure. And you can also review us on any of those Absolutely, be very much appreciated. I was looking the other day. We've got some lovely, uh, I think it was something like 4.9 we are out of 5 on uh, Spotify, which is nice to see. We'll take that. Yep. And I think we've run about 5 out of 5 on uh, Apple Podcasts, which is very generous. Thank you very much to everyone who's done that. Uh, also, as well, you can follow us on social media, at and Bugle on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're also on um, Facebook, just search up Brunton Bugle, click like, and uh, you'll find us posting on the Be Just And Fear Not Facebook group and on the companies.net message board, and also you can email us at uh, bugle. at gmail.com. Uh, before we do get started, there isn't actually any news this week, I looked look through, couldn't find anything of interest, so it's a very quiet week, the only little bit of news is the fact that we sold out the uh, away allocation at Harrogate, but we've only been an allocation of what 500 odd. It's not a massive surprises, Dan, I suppose, in think, that I think it was
2: 599, was it? Yeah, well, there you go. So the, the, the really annoying thing about this is the size of crowds that Harrogate have had this season. Very really poor, aren't they? They're incredibly poor. They got just shy of 2,000 against Swindon on the first game, and Swindon only sold the 600, I would have said. Mm. They got 1,500 against Stockport in the League Cup. And then against Crawley the other week they had thirteen hundred. You know, really bad, give is. give us another give us another four hundred and make yourselves yeah. another another eight if, grand. I wonder you know, if the I, way the the grounds
1: designed there isn't really the option to do the allocation no, that way. It's but,
2: a difficult one, isn't it? It's it's
1: very itty bitty.
2: isn't it? So, well, I've not been. to be my first visit. I've got so, to say you didn't yeah. go last season, did you? No, no I gave it a you'll miss. You'll see, you'll see what I mean. It's like even the terrace behind the goals split into two because of the tunnel so when half time comes you've got to make sure that you're in the right place
1: (laughs) yeah yeah,
2: which is bizarre
1: yeah quite a bizarre one isn't it there you go Um, yeah but yeah before we get started I've just got to give a little mention to this um People might know this, and if they don't know this, and if there's any players or former players listening listen to this, they might be a bit annoyed with me. Uh, I uh, I am basically, currently, the football manager researcher for Carlisle United. Well, I have been for the last four or five years, possibly a little bit more, actually. I can't remember exactly how many. Uh, In fact, it might be more like seven or eight, actually. I think I had a one-year break from it and then came back to do it. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, I'm giving up the role because I just haven't got the time. We're doing the podcast and all kinds of bits and pieces. It just... Difficult to fit into my schedule. So, um, Games, a Spot interactive, I'm looking for someone basically to take on the role from basically as soon as possible. Um, I'm, amp- Still occasionally give them bits, but again, it's really difficult to fit around what I'm, I'm doing at the moment. So, um, if you're interested in doing the role, just drop me a message on on social media or via email to the Burnley Bugle account, and I'll put you in contact with the guys at uh, Sports Interactive, and we'll we'll see what we can do. Um, if you, basically, if you've got any sort of interest in sports statistics, if you could regularly go and watch Carl United, basically give me a shout. Um, one of the great advantages that you do get a free copy of the game as well, which is and, and a you free.
2: play the game.
1: Yes, exactly. So if you play the game as well, that's an important thing. If you don't play Football Manager, don't message me about it because yeah. you'll need to understand what the game's about. But uh, but yeah, so just drop me a message if you get the chance, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll put you in contact.
2: I've actually got Brighton as my current save ah, yeah. in the second season. You know, I haven't. Read, it's
1: really bad. I haven't really played it for so long. It's finally the time to sit down and play. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's
2: very much dipping and out these days. But younger, <laughs> yeah. younger days when you used to pull all nighters playing it. I, I, Chat, I remember, chatting away, chatting away on MSN Messenger. Yeah, I remember those
1: times. I probably played for nearly twenty-four hours during yeah. one summer just because I was addicted to it and determined to get. Um, I can't remember who was the team that used to be the challenge. It was Dover, wasn't it? Yeah, it challenging from from the National League. They had six players on the books when you started. So you had to challenge. I, I
2: once took Dover from Conference up to eighth in what's now the Championship, and the bloody computer rebooted <sighs> and lost my save. I was
1: Devastating. Absolutely devastating. There you go. Well, let's get back to the reality, shall we, Dan? And it's a bit of a, 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 a bump to to come down on, isn't it, really? Uh, Stevenage 2, Carl United 1. Yeah, let's look back at last weekend's game. So, the unbeaten run does come to an end, doesn't it, in the league? Um, and it's against the Stevenage side. that are really high, flying high at the start of the season, aren't they? And I think we can all be quite happy with that because all three of us, if I remember rightly, predicted them to be the... Um, dark horses this season didn't we
2: yeah we certainly expected them to do uh, better than recent years I mean much as much as Carlisle fans aren't fans of Steve Evans he knows what he's doing he's a good manager he's a very good
1: manager his
2: his record speaks for itself you know it's it's pretty impressive at most places he's been at you know so no fair play to them
1: no definitely absolutely um one of those days by the sounds of it, wasn't it? I mean I I, I list, like I said I said it in full out, I did actually listen to round about the last first ten, fifteen, twenty minutes or so of the game. But it just sounded like we never really got going in this one and just
2: I, I was just gonna say the same. Uh, from what I've seen of highlights and red and what have you, it seems we just didn't get going and then they scored, which is always uphill. We started coming into it, then they scored again. And we did well to pull one back right on the stroke at half time, but the second half was much of a muchness by all accounts. Yeah, yeah. they
1: basically closed the game out by the sounds of things, didn't they? To really frustrate one for us, but um but there you go. Um I mean before we get on to talk about the goals and that I mean just, just... when the, the line up was announced, were you a little bit surprised to see Harris
2: come in for Devit? Uh, yes and no. Uh Devit didn't really I think possibly it was more from the physical side. I think we expect Stevenage Steve Evans' team, to have a bit bit of umph about mm-hmm. them. Uh, Harris has sort of suggested in interviews that he likes a bit of rough and tumble. He'll uh, get stuck in, but I, I think I think it was. I don't wanna, I don't slag the lad off. It was his first full proper game for us, you know. But uh, you know, in in league football, I think it was one of them that. I think you'll understand what League Two's about now. Yeah, because even you know? when it's phys-
1: it's not just physical, is it? Yeah, you, yeah. You've got to have a. I'm, you You'll have,
2: expect- have expected the physical side of it. It's come from the national yeah. league, but I think uh, the intensity and you know, the pressure. You know, I just I think it'll be not not a rude awakening, but certainly. Uh, uh, oh hello, hello. This is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. It's one of those. I mean, it's one with hindsight, isn't
1: it? When you look at it with hindsight. I wonder if having Devitt playing there, because Devitt's not afraid of the physical side of it. Maybe it's more, maybe no, it's more no. keeping him fit, the physical side of it, isn't it, I suppose. But to have someone out there who could keep hold of the ball might have been a little bit more advantageous, I think, because mm. it, if you look at it in terms of our pass completion percentage, it's 51%, which, you know, when half the balls you're playing you're giving away, it's not great, is it? That's, that's, one, that's one thing you look at and think, yeah, that's, that's not fantastic. And, there seemed to be a suggestion from a few people that Harris didn't really... Although he was not afraid to put a in and got a, a bit of a silly booking at one point. Yeah, yeah. He maybe gave the ball away a little bit too much. We're not here just to criticize one player, but I should say that. But yeah, I think I think you're right. It's a little bit of an awakening for him. But I have to say, I was impressed with him against Shrewsbury in the cup. So I, I think there is potential there for a really good player. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's going to take him a bit of time to settle down. Yeah,
2: I think. I think that's why he's got such a big contract half of it. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about the goals then, Dan. Um, first up, uh, Kane Smith opened the scoring for Stevenage. a nothing goal, this isn't it? It's, it's a real frustrating one because it's it's a long punt forward from um, from Stevenage, and I think mean, John Mellis just quite well to win the header actually because it's sort of he's sort of leaning back and struggling, and he just about gets to it, heads it down, and no one reacts to the loose ball, do they? The lad. The lad comes steaming in, hits, a sh- and it's a bit of a. It's not a real powerful shot, but it. It's so hard to tell, but from all accounts, it took a big deflection. and It's gone into
2: the far corner. It, from when when you watch it on the highlights, it doesn't seem to, but it it also does. If that makes yeah. sense. And I think it, the key to it is Thomas Hawley. because he looks as though he's about to be going a certain way to get it's it, and then he's place, like, yeah. you sort of see his arms go what can I do? You know. Yeah. It's one of the ones, I think the
1: deflection happens so soon in the shot. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't notice it. It's basically almost straight from when he kicks it. Yeah, yeah. And basically, Holy just cannot set himself as a result. and Yeah, just a really frustrating one to concede, isn't it? And then 20 minutes later on, 42 minutes, it's 2-0. No- but this one, I've watched it back, and I think, is it fair to say that both of the wing backs are going to not look back at this very fondly? Mm-hmm. I think both of them could have done better I think it's fair to say you know, we've been praising how well they've done this season but defensively I think they were found a little bit wanty on this, this one unfortunately um, starts on the right and again that lad Smith who had a great game for Stevenage by the sounds of things he seems, to, I mean, he was a bore wood last season was he I think they signed him from and he seems to have done really really well for them he, uh, he gets the ball he just flicks it over Armour and Armour's a little bit flat footed isn't he he doesn't really react to it very quickly gets the ball dinks a great little ball across and it goes right across goal and, and Finn back is just caught a little bit watching the ball, isn't he? And Max Clark nips in and just pokes the ball past Holy. And I've seen Holy get criticised for this one. I don't think Holy's really... I thought this is all, oh, look how slowly he goes down. That's just more a, ah, damn, I've missed it dive, isn't it? It's not. That's not a proper dive to get to the ball if you watch it back. I don't, I don't know what you think about that one, Dan.
2: Yeah, uh, it's just, the lad on the right he, he does Jack Harbour Jack Harbour will wore yeah. his hand up and say, I've been done yeah maybe a little bit of uh, uh, inexperience from Finn back yeah and I, I don't think Hawley had much chance with it like you say you know just
1: it, that's not him diving to actually try and make a save that's the ball gone past him and he's like ah, uh, falling down almost like ah, oh, for God's sake yeah that's gone in sort of thing and, and yeah that could have left us on a bit of a downer going into the break but as you mentioned, Dan, we, we, we did manage to get a goal and get back into it. Um, absolutely no shock to see who scored the goal, though, was it?
2: Not at all. King King Christian.
1: Yeah, the the, the hair apparent to Steve, Steve, uh, Ian Stevens' crown, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what a bit of and um, play from, from Gibson on this, though, as well. I mean, actually, give a bit of credit to Patrick as well. It's a lovely little slid ball into the box to find Gibson in space. And then Gibson just gets himself to the byline, dinks a lovely cross, cross goal and Christian Dennis gets himself into the right place at the right time and he couldn't really miss with his header, could he?
2: No, no, he was a um, lovely header, you know, yeah. proper, proper uh, portrait, isn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And
2: uh, I, I, I still can't believe one or two folk wanted to get rid of him in the summer.
1: Mad. There's quite a few people saying, oh, he'll be one to go, but he's never going to
2: go. He was never 100% when he signed. Yeah. I'd say he was probably about 90%, 95%. And when his his comments in pre-season about how hard they trained, etc., like I've said before, when a seasoned pro mentions that, you know they're going to be up to speed, yeah. you know. Absolutely.
1: Um, So, yes, he's basically equaled the club record, which with um, Alan Ashman, I think it was, was the other person who holds it, um, for five goals, sorry, four goals in the first, sorry, five goals in the first five fixtures at the start of the season, I should say. Um, If he scores against Gillingham, that would make him the club record holder, wouldn't it, I think? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So that'd be a fantastic achievement if he could do that. Really, really would. Um, Yeah. Second half, as you mentioned, Dan, Pretty much a non-event for United. No real clear-cut chances created. Um if When you watch the YouTube highlights, especially, there is, the only chance the show of Uniteds is is the goal, basically. Yeah, which is probably quite telling. Although when you look at actually the stats, eight shots in total, four on target. Stevanovic had twenty shots, but only five on target. So yeah, yeah. a little bit more accurate in terms of our shooting, but just not really. It, it was one of those days it just didn't quite work out, did it? And, and sometimes, actually, that's if we were bobbing along just getting draws for a while, you'd, you'd probably be a bit more annoyed, wouldn't you? But actually, if we get a defeat and actually it's a little bit of a wake-up sign and then we go and beat Gillingham by a couple of goals, you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? That'd be a better reaction to get for, in, the, in the long term.
2: Yeah, I think I think prior to to the game, you'd probably have taken a draw to Stephen in just season mm-hmm. uh, and are playing well. But... You know, I think the defeat maybe is a slight wake-up call, just uh, not not in a bad way, just, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's happened, yeah. let's go again, you know. Yeah. G- G- looking ahead to Gillingham, Gillingham could well be on the receiving end of, you know, a bit of a, a fight back from it.
1: Yeah, you'd hope so, certainly, wouldn't you? Um, well... Before we go into talking about a few other talking points, should we do um, the first the well the only sixty second review we've got for this weekend's game? So this is one that uh, Jason Stalker sent to you, Dan, didn't he? So thanks once yes. again, Jason. It's the second time this season he's done one. Hopefully get a few more for him over the season for the uh, the games down south. So here's what Jason had to say.
3: The travelling Suffolk Blue Army only numbered the two of us for the trip to Stevenage. First time I've been since the non-league days, and I must say they've made a nice little stadium out of it while keeping a good, well populated standing side for the home fans. With our injuries I expected little from the game and knew we'd face a bombardment which we didn't deal with very well in the first half and although we should have had a penalty and Armour should have scored in the same passage of play, 2-0 didn't seem harsh on us. They had a game plan, they were committed and exploited the obvious physical advantage I had over our patched up defence. Jack Ellis and Finnback in particular got a lesson in just how physical football at at this level could be but it's something they can only learn from. Another great goal by Dennis on half-time and you could sense a lot more confidence amongst our fans during the break and it wasn't a bad showing after that. We certainly competed far more, not helped by appalling performances by all three officials I must say who just allowed the usual Steve Evans teams time-wasting and give us nothing of note all afternoon. Gibson was good second half after a terrible first half until his crossed for the goal and he was at the centre of all the good things we did and I feel we could have got a point although can't really say we should have got a point. Overall, no disaster. They are a pretty decent, effective team, in good form, and we still nearly got something out of it, despite having so many important players out. Mellish was man of the match for me, but no one particularly shone on a tough afternoon in general. Get Feeney, Edmondson and Moxham back in there soon, get Hunting up to the speed of some game time, and we still have the makings of a good League 2 squad and hopefully a decent season. Up the Blues.
1: Well, it was a first class assessment there from Jason. I think it's fair to
2: say covered pretty much everything, didn't he? Really, we should
1: have just, yeah. led.
3: We should have just led with that. That would
2: have been, would have been better <laughs> yeah. than what have we done. just talked about. I'm, I'm just going to pick up on a bit he said at the end about you yeah. know getting Feeney, Moxon, Edmondson, Huntington.
1: Yeah,
2: I think our first fit, full 11 will be a match for any team in this league, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, uh, obviously, we won't always have everyone available, that's why you have a squad, but. Mm-hmm. I think on our day, there is no one to be afraid of, especially with our first choice 11.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of the points I did make. Like, we've got to be careful not to over. We said reality check, but don't overreact to this. I've seen some fans talk about, you know, it's terrible. We need to sort these problems out. We're doing okay. We're doing fine. Don't panic at this stage. You know, we're. If you look at the table at this stage last season, I think of the top seven, I think only two or three of them actually were in the top seven come the end of the season. Some of them were right down near the bottom. Harrogate, for instance, were right at the top at the start of the season. So things can change around quite quickly. Bristol Rovers were like third bottom at that point. Yeah, so, well, you know, and
2: Bristol Rovers, I, I predicted they would have a bad season. Obviously, mm. they turned it around for yeah. christmas but certainly up until the yeah. halfway point, I was... Vindicated, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, I think I, I, we all like to look at the table already, but yeah, genuinely, you're looking at 10 to 12 games before yeah. it slightly settles. settles,
1: you know, yeah. yeah. And I, I, what I would say is, as well, note the fact that Stevenage had, I think, one player out with an injury, Elliot List. Other than they had a,
2: bad old fans,
1: yeah, they 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 had basically <laughs> it's like you about the table you're talking about there, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, so basically. They had Elliot List out, and that was the only player they had out injured. They had a fully-footed squad by that. We got 10 players out, basically. So that does make a big difference. You've got to take these things into account, haven't you? So so there you go. Um, yeah, some other interesting points. I mean, a good little point about, I mean, obviously we weren't there, but Stevenage's ground, they've done a hell of a lot of good work, haven't they, when you look at it? for actually, Because a lot of these non-league clubs come up, and they end up stuck with the same ground for ages and ages and don't really do much with it. But actually, fair play Stevenage. What they've put together there is a nice little ground, actually, isn't it? For that, le- for our level, yeah, you
2: <laughs> know you're, not, they're you're just, not convinced. They're just, they're just one of them clubs to me, you know. Yeah. they're established now. Fair play to them, and they've got a a decent ground for League Two. Yeah. there's a couple. There's a couple of recently promoted teams could take note. <laughs> I won't name anyone. You've
1: you already mentioned them once. Let's leave it that. Yeah. Yes, I just think a really good assessment by Jason. There, there's a huge amount the pair of us can add to it. To be honest, um, the, the only question, the only point I make out as well is you know, his point about Jordan Gibson again having another good game. It's not like he didn't have the greatest first half, but came to life towards the end of the first half, and then was probably our best play second half. Um, yeah, he. he you know, once again, he's the one creating chances when Owen Moxton's out as well. So that's good to see. Um, interesting point that he said John Mellish was the, he's man of the match. Um, who scored.com actually gave it to Jordan Gibson for us. But I should note, actually, we came on top in terms of aerial Jewels won. But um, the top one man for us in terms of winning headers was uh, John Mellish, he won seven. Um, for them, it was Danny Rose that won 10. Bear in mind, he's only about five foot eight, five foot nine. That suggests to me that they may be targeted Jack Ellis possibly with Danny Rose, knowing he's an experienced striker who'd maybe win more in the air against him. That's, I don't that's, know.
2: That's just basic good management, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is, isn't it?
1: But it's uh, so obviously a learning curve for Jack Ellis. But I mean, I'd imagine he might well come out of the team after this game. But that's not a slight on him. And no, you know, no, he's,
2: he's 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 done pretty well when he's come in, and he's good learning curve. Good, good option to have, isn't
1: he? Really good learning curve for him, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll definitely benefit from that in the long term. Um. Let's do a quick lead Two round-up before we get on to the second half of the show, Dan. Um, looking through the results, there's um, yeah, some interesting ones in there as usual, isn't there? Um, Stockport, still struggling in their return to the Football League, aren't they? Only one win so far out of the uh, five games they've played. Yeah,
2: yeah, they gave Leicester a good game midweek in the League Cup. It's a weird one, isn't it? That one. It? It's, yeah. just, it's the way it happens sometimes. But they, I, they, they, It wouldn't it would be a surprise if they, they brought a couple in before the end of the month.
1: Yeah, maybe shift a couple more out as well, possibly. I mean, what if they're regretting sending the lad to Barrow, uh, Whitfield, whatever he's called? Because um, he's having a hell of a season for them, isn't he? Uh, but yeah, so they're, I mean, to be fair, Stockport did lose to Mansfield Town, who are one of the favourites this season, so no massive shame in that. Um, speaking of Barrow, you you'll be disappointed to hear, Dan. Their good start continues, isn't it? Albeit winning against a very poor Harrogate side.
2: Yeah, I. Uh... I expected them to win uh, over the weekend. Yeah.
1: Apparently, Paul honest. Paul Farman hit the bar in this game with one of his long clues as well. Not, not, a surp- not a
2: surprise, because we, no. we know
1: he can... Uh, yeah, certainly can, yeah. can't um, he? Freesides still haven't won. Harrogate, Crawley and Rochdale. Out of there, maybe Crawley's the only one that's a bit of a surprise. I'm, sorry, not Harrogate, sorry, Hartlepool. Hartlepool, Crawley and Rochdale. Hartlepool, Rochdale, maybe not a big surprise that they haven't won yet, because we... Both expected they would have a bit of a tough time this season, didn't Ooh. we? Yeah, Crawley are maybe a little bit surprised. Maybe would have expected them, even, you know, defensively they looked poor against us on the opening day, but actually attacking, I thought they looked all right. So I'm a little bit surprised that they're struggling so badly. Um, signing Telfer's not looking a great move, is it, at the moment? Well,
2: r- r- speaking of Rochdale, they've sacked the manager, haven't they? Yeah,
1: obviously, yeah, that happened as well. So that's a, yeah, yeah no shock there. Yeah. Um, in terms of it up at the top, you've got Orient uh, and Stevenage sitting up there happy in uh, first and second with Barrow in third. Um, and yeah, I think other than that, not a huge amount else to pick out there, is it? Tram may struggle a little bit, aren't they? They're really struggling to find a bit of form. Ooh. As well, just a little bit of surprise, but there you go. Right, I think that's summed up uh, the League Two roundup. Dan, uh, let's take a little break and then we'll be back with the uh, preview of the Gillingham game.
3: Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle.
1: Oh, the, the football club, it just makes me laugh every time. It's brilliant. That. <laughs> it's superb. There you go, that's that's the gaffer himself. He's uh, introducing you to the second half of the show where we're going to be previewing uh, United's home fixture against Gilliam this weekend. Um, uh, before we start the Behind Enemy Lines section, Dan, do you want to do your question of the week?
2: Quickly? Yes, let me just uh, find the picture on my phone. We play Gillingham this week. Our record victory against Gillingham came on the 24th of March 2007. We won 5-0. Can you name the goal scorers from this game? And for a bonus brownie point, who was the referee?
1: okay Refere- the referee will be an interesting one it's bound to be a premier league referee then now you've said that right
2: there's, there's a clue in the date is what i'll say 24th march what do we usually have at the end of march international games
1: international ah to be a premier league one eh? okay somebody's not okay okay well, i'll have a think about that one um We'll come back to that just before the X file section. Um, up first, uh, we've got the behind enemy lines section. This week, we spoke to Matt from the Gills in the Blood channel, um, which is like basically it, is it it's,
2: Gills or Jills.
1: Jills, Jills. Sorry, It should be Jills. Yeah, I
2: was know, say, I've, I've always thought it was
1: Jills. Yeah, do apologise. You're absolutely right there. So, Jills in the Blood channel. Um, it's basically a YouTube channel. They they're gonna we'll, we'll be posting up the chat I had with them as well. Actually, for their channel as well, uh, they're doing that sometime this before the game obviously but uh, yeah so uh, i sat down and had a chat with matt we talked about the gill the gills sorry done it <laughs> again there. thanks for that uh the gills faltering start to the league two after nine years away uh the struggle for goals that they're having this season and uh the recent announcement by their owner paul scully that he's going to be taking a back seat after something like 25 years at the helm as chairman so uh, here's the chat i had with matt earlier this week so we're back again for this week's behind enemy lines section, and uh, it's the Jillian obviously this weekend. So we're talking to Matt from the Jills in the Blood channel. I, I was I said before on its podcast, but it's not easy. You've got a YouTube videos and all kinds, haven't you, on your channel, Matt?
0: Yeah, I do um, three regular shows. Um, so we do match day live, which is obviously watching the game, um, mm-hmm. record ourselves reactions, we speak to fans before the game little bit of half-time analysis and that type of thing. Um, we then do a Monday review show where I look back at the Saturday game. Um, obviously, been to the game, it's a lot easier if it's an away trip that <laughs> I've not made the, the journey for and, and we've lost. I have to sit there and watch through the whole performance of us getting battered like we did at Tramira a couple of weeks ago and then and then talk about it, which is not the greatest fun. And then um, a, a preview show on a Thursday where we talk to opposition fans. We do other sort of series as well. We talk chats and legends called Jewels in the Blood chats too. And... One that we need to sort of get going again is a my deals with where we talk to fans, ask them a series of questions and then ask them to pick like their, their fantasy six aside team at the end. So yeah, plenty going on, which is it keeps me occupied and it it means the wife who doesn't like football at all doesn't have to listen to me. Not directly <laughs> anyway, she's sat on the sofa at the moment, but she means she doesn't have to have an opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um right, well let's let's talk about uh Gilligan then. Um so she first season back in Leeds after nine years and a bit of a tough one, start results wise. I mean, I think many expected you guys to do okay this season. I think the book is predicting mid table. I have to say on our season preview podcast, I predicted you guys to be unexpected or oh, uh, surprise strugglers because I just felt well, looking. Your squad was quite thin at that point, mm-hmm. I think. This was a good week before the season started. Um, but yeah, it's just not really happened so far, in particularly in terms of scoring goals. It's been a real issue, hasn't it? What, what, what's gone wrong so far, would you say?
0: Uh- Neil Harris has spoken consistently since he arrived back in January when he tried to keep us in League One and he said we need to be better yeah. in both boxes. We need to score more and we need to stop shipping them at the other end. For one reason or another, it's not quite clicked in an offensive sense so far. I mean, we lost opening day, went to Wimbledon. It was two, two restarts, as Neil likes to call them. The, the first goal was a belter. The bloke smashes it on the half-volley from 20 yards. You can't do too much about that. The second no. one is, is poor from our point of view. We just don't challenge the, the header. Um, beat Rochdale the week after. That could have been 3 or 4 nil. No one would have said uh, battered an eyelid. Then we went to Wimbledon, ironically, in the first round of the league, cup, and beat them 2-0 and kept a clean And We thought, yeah, lovely. So three goals in three games, you know, it's a, it's a decent starting point. Um, and then Tranmere, we just we were all four. It was one of them games where nobody turned up. We were all probably sort of four and fives out of ten at best. And we got turned over and, and they didn't even have to be good to beat us. But we've shored up in the last few. Harrogate, we got beat, but we was we was decent in spells. But it's this clinical edge that we need to find. Um, should have beaten Walsall Saturday should have beaten an extra in normal time in the week as well and had to make do with a penalty shootout of victory. But I'm taking that. I'm saying I watched an 11-goal thriller <laughs> and saw plenty of goals. But all jokes aside, no, if you don't score goals, you're not going to win many football matches. You're then relying on keeping a clean sheet to win your points. But I think I don't think we're as far away as some of the fan base. I think it's taking time because we've got new people coming in into the group. I get that you can't use it takes time to gel for too long. Um yeah but no there's, there's certainly been positive signs and one of them is, is four clean sheets as well in seven games in competitive fixtures this season so again it's that it's that building block and now it's just a case of trying to get the balance right by being strong defensively and, and then becoming more of a threat in the opposition 18-yard box
1: I suppose with having so many players coming in in the summer it's inevitable it's going to take a while for you to settle down especially when you've, you've cleared so many out as well I mean Talking about the manager, Neil Harris. Um, what's your thoughts on him so far? He's the manager. who's done quite well in a lot of the, the spells he's had at other clubs, hasn't he? And obviously, as you mentioned, he came into a difficult situation.
0: Are, are the Jill's fans convinced that he's he's the man to, to lead you forward? I think the vast majority are still very much behind him. Yeah, I mean, we were ten points adrift when he came in. So to the fact yeah. that we even got it to the final day and, and ended up going down on the last in the last fixture of the season live on Sky was which is always nice, um, <laughs> was was testament to what he'd done. And that was, you know, essentially the same group of players as well. He didn't have a transfer window. He arrived, I think, about midday on transfer deadline day. And he saw his captain salt to Bolton, Carl Dempsey, and then managed to get in Ben Thompson, who he'd worked with at Millwall as a, as a direct replacement. But aside from that, it was it was Steve Evans' squad. Um, same problems, as we've already mentioned. We was conceding too many. I think the weekend before we took over, we conceded seven at home to Oxford. Um, but I think moving forward... As long as we give him time to, to build a, a mid- to longer-term project, then we'll be absolutely fine. Like I say, there's signs in the last couple of performances that we're starting to to see patterns of play and what he wants us to do properly. Um, but until we start putting the ball in the back of the net, then obviously winning football matches will be a struggle. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with Neil Harris. If we can just get a couple more in through the door between now and and, and this time next week, then I think we'll have a, a fairly competitive squad at League Two level. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win the league. There's lots of teams in this division that can can spend money, um, and that have been used to the level. And that's the thing that we're not we're, we're not a team that's used to winning over the last 18 months. And that can take a while to to change that mentality.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. A couple of points on on what you said there, Kyle Dempsey. Actually, started his career, Kyle. I love. Obviously, he did. he's a. Yeah, he was, uh, had one season with us, unfortunately, before he was flogged for four hundred grand to Huddersfield. Um But yeah, still a very popular figure with carla fans, I think. Um, you mentioned about obviously going down last day season. I think most carla fans were quite good. You guys came down as well. No, knowing the long journey we'd have to make. Yeah, it's not the shortest of the, the trips, t- is it? <laughs> considering the two other options were Morecambe and Fleetwood, it was a little bit disappointing. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, you mentioned the fact that you've struggled a bit in the league. But I mean... One positive to take is the the league cup. You're into the third round, albeit you know, obviously as you mentioned, there a, a nil nil draw and winning on penalties. But that's got to be something to look forward to as well. Potentially a, a big tie in the next round.
0: Well, it has, yes. Um, and I was made up coming out of the ground on Tuesday evening that that we'd kept a clean sheet, we'd won the shootout. and I was thinking of you know all the the Premier League teams that we may face. And then until I found out that. This season, because of this Winter World Cup, the third round doesn't get played until the, the first week of November and I'm away. So yeah. I might be the We're only Jules fan technical. that's not praying for a Premier League side now. I might yeah. be praying for some rubbish from League Two that we can beat and then fingers crossed get a bigger <laughs> one in the fourth round. But no, it'd be great yeah. if if we can get, you know, one of the big boys at home or away. Because, you know, number one, we know as fans of, of clubs this size, it, it helps in terms of getting money into yeah. the, into the club and into the coffers. And it's it's a great chance for to be you know it's it's essentially a free swing, isn't it? If we draw a Liverpool or a Tottenham or an Arsenal or a Chelsea, no one's expecting Gillingham or Carlisle or that type of side to to win the tie, so it'd be a free swing. But yeah, slightly disappointed that if we do get one of them, I will not be able to attend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of the the links in a, in the two sides actually as well um, in either squad. So for you guys, Max Aimer, he had a, a loan spell with United back in. I've got to remember, get this right now. 2013-14, I think it was. Yep. He was on loan from QPR. It was a season where we had, as Carlisle will tell you, about 40 players I think we used that season. So we were a bit of a mess. But he was one of the many emergencies that used to be called back then, loan signings for like two or three months. who actually looked quite good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of the other ones were less good, to say the least. Um, uh, and in the Carlisle camp, you've got uh, Tomasz Holy, of course, the, the big goalkeeper. And um, sadly, Brendan Dickinson, is one who... He, it does link the Tickles, but won't be playing this weekend because he's out for the season with a crucial ligament injury. I mean, just, just give us some thoughts on, on, on those three players, obviously, that, the link that link the clubs.
0: Uh, yeah, obviously, Thomas, we had up until a couple of seasons ago and he was very good for us. When he came in, he was very yeah. raw. He'd not played in England. He'd come across from his homeland and you see him and you see the size of him and you think he looks a bit awkward. And yeah. he came in <laughs> in a season that we were struggling to stay up, I think, and, and A.D. Pennock, the manager at the time, chucked him in for a few games. And he done all right, but you know, you come into a team that's not playing well and's conceding goals and losing football matches. It's not ideal for, for any sort of player, especially a goalkeeper. But nah. it was weird then that he then got taken out of the side for the final day draw at Northampton. He went back to the experienced the manager of Stuart Nelson and, and helped us keep us up. But after that, he flourished for two seasons. Thomas Holy. He's he's you know we all know about his size and people make comments yeah. that he's, he struggles to get down low. But I think for a League Two keeper, you've got on a free transfer, you're not going to get many better. Um, at the level, and on top of that, he's one of the nicest blokes you could ever meet. And it was the other? Brennan Dickinson, that was the other ben one, Dickinson. wasn't it? Yeah, we had him, <laughs> yeah. um, I think Peter Taylor bought him in 2014, the summer of. Mm-hmm. Started out as a left winger, I think, and played up front, and then seemed to sort of go further back. The season after that, Justin Edinburgh sort of converted him to a left wing-back role, and he, he did fairly well when we played three at the back, and se- that was the season where we were in the top six right up until about game 44, I think, and ended up finishing ninth, <laughs> which was our... Lowest position of the entire campaign, unfortunately. But we was a bit surprised when Brennan was allowed to leave in the summer of 2016. Uh, and then to compound that, we replaced him with Paul Konchesky, which was great at the time. Because you think, ah, oh, former <laughs> England and Liverpool and West Ham and Tottenham fall yeah. back. And it was an absolute disaster, unfortunately. So, yeah, it was a shame to see Brennan go. bit of versatility. was decent enough in terms of pace and was a goal for it if you did play him higher up. Um, he's obviously he's done it right in League 2, hasn't he? I think he's played for Exeter and yeah. um Obviously Carlo, I think he might have had a spell at Colchester as, Colchester well, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he was decent enough. Um, he's a lower league footballer, isn't he? We know what we get with lower yeah. league footballers. They're not going to be 8s yeah. and 9s out of 10 every week. And Max yeah, Emer, who's been with us now for, blimey, 2015 the summer, I think we signed him permanently and are signed from one season away where we laugh and say he effectively went on loan to Bristol Rovers because we weren't offering contracts <laughs> as part of the COVID problem. Um He's played over 300 games for one club, so you're not a poor no. defender if you played that many games for one football club as a professional. Um, is he past his best? I don't know, but these managers that pick him consistently over a period of years know more yeah. than, than me and you do, and <laughs> yeah, the, that, the fans the thing, and it? we're all just <laughs> we just talk about it on social media. So for me. <laughs> He's been scapegoated a little bit this season, and he has been poor in games. I'm not sitting here saying he's been brilliant for one minute, but he's looked a lot better since we've gone back to the back three, and he's played as that middle one in a defensive trio. Um, yeah. The only thing that I think may hinder Max if we do get another option in is the fact that Neil Harris wants us to try and play out from the back. Will Wright and, and Elkan Bagger who we've got a, the two outside centre-backs, are very comfortable coming to feet, whereas Max... Yeah. I think he's trying to learn that now at sort of 30-31, which is a bit more difficult. But he's been decent the last two games and he's helped us keep back-to-back clean sheets. So I'm not going to sit here and and, and slag Maxima off in any way, shape or form. He's been a very good servant for our football club.
1: Yeah. Um, before we uh, finish up, um, Martin, mm-hmm. thanks for giving me time. Um, I've got to ask you about Paul Scully. Um yes. One of the, I think is the second longest serving owner in the in the AFL behind uh, Steve Gibson Steve Gibson Middlesbrough. The Middlesbrough, I
0: think, is the only one now that's in yeah. front of him. Yeah, 27 yeah. years. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's taken
1: what... a, st- yeah, a step back, hasn't he? What's what, what, what happened there?
0: Not a lot, in truth, at the moment. I've been asked this question a couple of times. We got the statement. <laughs> it came out the night after the Rochdale win, I think, it was the second weekend of the season. So, right back at the start of August. Um, and it was announced that Paul Fisher was coming in as a co-chairman who'd been on the board back at the turn of the millennium when we redeveloped the ground. Um, born in Medway season ticket holder historically so been active on Twitter which is very different for us Gilles fans because Paul Scully doesn't have social media accounts he's not the greatest at engaging with fans it always seems to come across as a bit defensive in my opinion and um, Mr Scully's made this decision if he's been getting abuse and his house has been targeted then there's no place for that at all regardless of what you think of him as a chairman yeah um but we've not really seen many changes. We're not going to see anything. It's been three weeks. We have to give it you know, six months yeah. to, to ultimately find out how much control Mr Fisher has been given or whether he's just being Paul Scully's puppet, essentially, um, in the bluntest sense of the term. Um, what we've seen is refreshing. He's come on. He's been approachable. He's trying to interact with fans on Twitter. There's a couple of small things in terms of match day experience. The bars, you're getting served quicker. There's more kiosks open to try and help with the match day experience, but... The, the biggest thing for me, personally, was his first interview. He said, first and foremost, we're a football club. And I think Paul Scully had probably just lost a little bit of that in yeah. um, along the way over the last few years. He seemed to be more concentrated on the, the hospitality side. And I understand that as a modern football club, you have to have multiple streams yeah. for revenue. You can't just be a football club anymore. And I get that entirely. But he just seems to be more sort of obsessed with the, the school Um tribute acts on a Saturday night in the bar and, and a, and a, a wood-burning pizza oven which for me I'm not interested in I'm, as long as and I remember Tony Pulis years ago as Jules' manager saying you can have the best facilities in the land but if you've not got a good football team then no one cares and and that's, that's sort of my true. mantra towards it if, if people people want to come 90% of people that walk through the door at the priesthood want to watch their football team they're not, and the other stuff just comes after as a secondary and I think Paul Scully was getting his priorities wrong yeah no, sounds fair enough, that.
1: Um, right, well, you've got to get off um, and out, so do I as well. So, let's have your predictions for this weekend's game.
0: Um, heart and head, oh, so I'll give you both. Heart, <laughs> head is saying one all draw. Um, I know you've scored in every game that you've played, um, but we've kept clean sheets in four or seven, so we might cancel each other out a little bit. It'd be great just for us to score a goal on the road. We've not done that in the league yet. Um I've got a funny feeling, though, just, I don't know, it might be blind optimism that says we might just pinch it by the odd goal.
1: Matt, thanks for your time and uh, all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. It's
0: been a pleasure, of course. Cheers, matey. Thank you.
1: Yeah, big thanks again to Matt for giving up his time to speak to us about all things Gillingham. Um, sounds like a, I,
2: Aaron, I believe I believe you've reciprocated and will be on his.
1: Yes, yes, I have. I've reciprocated. So if you, we'll we'll post the link up to their YouTube channel when uh, when it comes up. I think they're going to tag us in on social media, so we'll make that sure is. we post it. It's so great stuff. But um, but yeah, he seems uh, mildly optimistic about uh, how Gillingham might actually do this season because obviously they've not had the greatest start of the season defensively though, they're quite strong, so maybe maybe it's one of those things, they just need to find a goal scorer, but when you look at the options they've got in attack, which we'll talk about in a minute, Dan, I wouldn't really be that confident about them getting goals this season, just right now. so uh, I,
2: f- I think, looking at their transfers in, they got 14 players came in. Mm-hmm. That's a big turnover. There was quite a few went out as well, you yeah. know, but whenever you've got that number of players coming in, they're not going to click instantly. Yeah, you
1: know? No, certainly not. certainly not. And Obviously, we'll talk about the managers as well in a minute, but uh, yeah, they've got someone decent in charge too. Uh, referee for this weekend's game, which is obviously a free call kick-off on Saturday, uh, Mark Edwards from Durham. It is his fourth season in the EFL. He's taken charge of just one game this season so far. It was on the opening day. It was a nil-nil draw between Morecambe and Shrewsbury, and he handed out four yellow cards. Um, and I'm oh, sorry, I've put one red card, but there's not a red card here. I just forgot to remove that from the running order. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, last season he handed out 87 yellow cards and three red cards in 29 games. Um, and his uh, his last United game was uh, quite a big one, wasn't it, Dan? It was uh, Paul Simpson's first home game back in charge of the Blues, the 2 0 win over Rochdale in March last year. Um, Jack Armour and Jordan Gimson were the only players to be booked that night. So uh, there you go. Head-to-head-wise, it's the 51st meeting between the two sides, and so far, United have one eighteen, drawn 11, and uh, the Gills have won uh, 21. Interestingly, we didn't win any of our first nine games against Gillingham back in the 60s and 50s. So, uh,
2: I wonder I, if that was yeah. a travel thing. Possibly, I yeah. suppose half, half of them will have been up here, so not really. Yeah, good, exactly. So it's yeah. Well a weird one, isn't it? It's yeah.
1: strange, one, isn't it? But there you go. Um, right, uh, so yeah, Gillingham. Let's have a look at their squad then, and the players they brought in and stuff. Um, their manager would be Neil Harris. Uh, people probably remember him. He's a sort of legendary Millwall striker, wasn't he? You get Yeah. A brief spell away from Millwall, didn't he? I think. Who did he play for as well? Was it? It wasn't Southend, was it? Someone like that? I can't remember. But yeah, that brief spell he went away from Millwall. Um, you'll be able to tell me this because you. Yeah. He's I'm one of those just... ones that I used to sign all the time on a football manager. He was a difficult one to sign because he never wanted to leave Millwall. He was so at
2: Millwall for years. Then he went to Forest. Yes, you're right. he went to Gilliam on Lawn. And then back and to Millwall. Back to Millwall and he finished up at South End. Exactly. You're got it
1: absolutely right there. Yeah, that, That's spot on. Um, but yeah, so he, he, he's an interesting one because he he's one of those ones I don't think anyone really thought was potentially going to be a manager. But then he, he ended up getting the Millwall caretaker job. He, did, he had four years in charge of Millwall. Did all right there. A couple of years he, where he did okay at Cardiff as a manager as well. And he now finds himself at Gillingham. And last season, they looked an absolute mess, didn't they? Up till Christmas. Yeah and He came in in January. And actually, they only went down on the last day. And they were unlucky that their opponent on the last day was Rotherham United, who would go for promotion to the Championship. So, you know, the worst possible game they could have asked for in that situation. Um, but yeah, he got them very close to staying up. But they had a big clear out in the summer, as you mentioned already, Dan. A lot of players coming in. If you're looking down through this list of 14 players, is there any names that really stand out to you, think? Ooh, that's the, a good the, one,
2: the ones that sign out for me are Glenn Morris, the keeper on loan from Crawley.
1: Sign, he was signed, though, on literally the day before the opening day, and I think he was signed yeah. because the other keeper they signed on loan from Charlton is out injured until the new year. Yeah. So that's why he's been brought in as backup cover, basically.
2: Uh, the ones that stand out of signings are Scott Cascate from Crewe, Mm-hmm. Um, probably Michael Mandron from Crew. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the, the names that you recognise because obviously they've scored the odd goal, but are they? I mean, I and mean, Oliver left them to go to Bradford. Yeah, he's a, he's an established low league goal scorer. I mean,
1: Cashket's yeah. record at Wick, Wickham was all right. What twenty yeah, goals yeah. in under five games, but his record at Crew, one goal in eighteen appearances. He's got two in one, to be fair, or something like that for Gillingham for, um, so far. But, and Mandrone's another one. He's one of those ones, isn't he? Mandrone's been round the block a bit, hasn't he? He's been. He's one of those sort of journeyman local, lower league strikers, isn't he? Yeah. But I'm sure we've been linked with him when he was at Sunderland. When he was we, at actually?
2: Sunderland, I'm sure we got linked with a Lord or possibly a move yeah. for him. And he's. Yeah. It's just he's, sort of bounced around he, a bit, he, hasn't
1: he? His record he's actually returning to Gilligan, to be fair, actually. I didn't realise he'd had a season with them before he went to two years yeah. at Crewe. I mean his record at crew, eighteen goals, seventy five games, so you're averaging nearly one in one in four round about that. Yeah. The the one okay. the one player
2: that the one player that does stand out that I quite like is Ollie Lee, the midfielder. Yeah. He's uh, obviously started at West Ham. Bounced mm. about a bit, but re- really took off at Luton, and, and uh, he he went up to Hearts for three years. But when he was at Hearts, he had a couple of loans in jilling and has mm. since signed for them. He's getting on a little bit now; he's into his thirties. But uh, you know, he's he's a decent player. You know, yeah, son of son of Robley.
1: Yes, of course, I see And his
2: his brother Elliot's at Wrexham now, isn't he? Is it Rexham? or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh nice. Um Underwater attracted him to Rexham. Hmm.
1: Um inter- interesting one. Uh Lewis Walker signed from Athletic Capri. Carpi <laughs> Capri. Is it Carpi Capri?
2: Yeah, Carpi.
1: Carpi, sorry. Um, who were a Serie D side. <laughs> really strange on that. He he he'd actually left it. in fact he was at Como before that as well. So he's he's had a like two years in, in Italy after his time at QPR and derby that's
2: my and that's, kind of signing it's a very odd signing isn't it really it's a strange one but there you go so he
1: he's a really interesting one but yeah like you said looking through the squad I'm, uh, yeah,
2: you know, um, the, there's one name stands out because he was here on loan yeah a max aimer
1: uh, max aimer who's you know a very good centre-back in a, in a very poor season for united what <laughs> the season of, of 40 players wasn't it i think that season yeah um yeah he, he's wanted to stand out and uh, Stuart O'Keefe's one as well the name that rings the bell because I'm sure he, again he's another one who's scored a lot of goals in his career hasn't he so he'll, uh, he'll stand out to a lot of people but but yeah it's, you look at you do look at that squad and you do think to yourself hmm probably not a poor enough to go down but he's not really going to threaten much higher is he?
2: No no I, I think I think it's very much a transition season for Gillingham I
1: mean, you look at the results they've got one goal so far this season yeah yeah, and that was from Kashkate in the win over Rochdale now, when you look at that with a bit of hindsight, now beating Rochdale's—you know, like taking sweet from a, sweet from a kid, isn't it? He says remembering that we've got Rochdale at home next week, so <laughs> yeah. that's tempting for it totally there, isn't it? Um, yeah, it, it's one of those ones that I just look and think. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm standing by my original prediction that they might be a struggler this season. I really think Gillingham might find it tough and. Yeah, the one thing I would say is they've got a very good defensive record. They haven't conceded too many goals, but at the other end, they're just they're just struggling to find the back of the net. Let's watch them go to a two 0 lead at the weekend. Then now, um, last time out, uh, <laughs> having said that about the lack of goals, Gillingham nil, Exeter City nil in the League Cup. Uh, they did win six five on penalties though, so that might give a bit of a boost. Um, mm. Rewarded with a trip to Brentford in the third round, which is a nice one for taking off a new ground, is it? So I think they'll yeah. do that. Interestingly, the third round doesn't happen until November this year because of the uh, the World Cup and all that nonsense. Yeah,
2: because the European fixtures are being sort of pushed more together. Yeah. So I think we're squeezing in the League Cup when, <coughs> just before the team, it's possibly the last game before the World Cup, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it pretty much is actually for all of them, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, right. Let's talk about United then, Dan. Um Injury-wise, not a huge amount of change here, other than the fact that, um, obviously, Moxon, Feeney and Edmondson have all been doing a bit of light training early in the week, and the hope is that I think Moxon and Feeney will return to full training in time to be involved this weekend, wouldn't they?
2: Yeah, possibly Edmondson too. Uh, And then then you're sort of looking at Charters and Shaw Silver being next. And then on to the, the ACL boys.
1: Yeah, obviously Senior's the first one of those, isn't he, really? and yeah. Well, Barkley as well, obviously. You, you kind of forget about Ben Barkley, don't you? He yeah, that good start yeah. of the season, got injured, and then he's just like, sort of, oh, yeah, you, we've got him on loan, haven't we? <laughs> but yeah. even he's done really well. Yeah, um, it, it does sound like Moxon and Feeney, the two the most likely to be involved at the weekend, but I don't think they're likely to start either. I'd imagine they will be on the bench, the pair of them, probably, depending on how fit they are. Um, yeah, I mean... Would you make any changes for this? I think the big one for me is I'd, I'd bring Devitt in for Harrison midfield. Get a bit more control of the ball at home. Um, Defence.
2: Controversial call, Claxon.
1: Go on.
2: I think Moxon, if fit. walks in, okay. but I would I would drop Callum Guy for the game. See, you said that. I think Callum
1: Guy's done all right at the start of the season. And I, I think it's one I'm, of these ones. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's been
2: terrible.
1: Who would you drop him for?
2: Devitt. I'd give Devitt a game beside Moxon. Okay. I just, feel I like just, I just don't think he's hit his height yet. No, and I we've think, played a few games now.
1: I think he's a kind of player you need to give a run. Though. That's that's the thing that mm. I, think, yeah, I don't think he's a player you can take in and out of the team. Really, is it? How,
2: how long do you give a run for? Though?
1: true? I, I think he's done I think he's done enough to to keep starting. I, mm. I don't
2: see a major problem, but I can
1: understand why you'd maybe want to freshen it up a little bit there. For me, yeah. the defense is the place where we need to get pinned down as to what we're going to play here. Because I'd imagine Jack Ellis is going to come out, so.
2: I've well. Huntington. This game was penciled in for him anyway. Yeah, I that would is, say that, that's 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 probably a cast now, isn't it?
1: I, th- I think the half an hour against Stephen Nigell has done him some good. Actually, as well, to yeah, get his, yeah. his fitness levels up a little bit. So, you'd, what would you do? Would you, I'd start him in the middle on this one. I go with him as the middle. It depends,
2: depends if Feeney's back, doesn't it? Oh, I think I think the first the first choice free, if fit, is Feeney, Huntington, and Mellish.
1: Okay. Yeah,
2: uh, your wing backs uh, pick themselves at the moment. Yeah, uh, and yeah, pretty much much for the muchness. Uh, depending... You would not
1: change the attack, would you, really, Patrick and, and No, are but if, if, if Edmondson's
2: sitting enough for the bench, I think Edmondson gets yeah. gets to run out for whoever's not performing as much.
1: Yeah, Jack Stratton still not quite made the impact we'd hope. Really, as he, Is yeah. he's finding a bit tougher. Yeah. He's just one of those loan signings at the moment, isn't he? He just needs to get a goal, really, isn't he, to get himself yeah. going. Yeah. You don't want him end up like a Brad Young who takes, until, what, October or September to actually get it. Yeah. yeah. Even to get a goal. That's who you really want. But uh, yeah. but there you go. Right. So let's get on to match predictions then, Dan. Um, what are you going for this weekend?
2: Carlisle United 4, Gillingham nil. Ooh. Oh, Would you, the, the hiding of someone? Goal we scorers? Got we, we got beat. We want to come back. Christian Dennis will score 2 Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jordan Gibson will get a goal, Is due one. Yeah. And I'm going to go if he plays Huntington from a corner.
1: Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with four one. I just I just have a feeling will they'll score a scabby goal late on to, <laughs> to you know, get their yeah. goal scoring run started. But uh I'm gonna go four one. Gibson sorry, I'll go with Dennis to score. Um Devitt, Jack Arm is going to score one at the far post, I think, coming in from you know that wing-back role. And uh, Amari Patrick will get his first of the season as well. So there you go, 4-1. Right, so let's do Mike's predictions then.
2: So this week, I am going to back a 2-0 win with a Danish brace. Short and sweet, to
1: the really? point, there you go. Um, should update the uh, the rankings actually in terms of uh, the prediction competition in the season. Dan, you're still top on five, but I'm catching up. I'm on to four points because I just backed Christian Dennis to score every week, which <laughs> yeah. else? Um, Mike is still lagging behind, well behind, yeah. on one point so far. So there you go. Right, before we do the X-Files, let's try and get the answer to this question then, Dan. Uh,
2: right, 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 quick recap. So, yeah, Cali United, Gillingham, 24th of March, 2007. Our record win was 5-0. Who scored for us and who was the referee for a bonus 2000, point?
1: 2007, right. Um, referee, I'm going to go Mike Dean. Correct. Ah, got to be the, the king of the celebrity refs. Yeah. The the, the star attraction himself. Okay. Uh, and the goal scorers you wanted for that day, did you? Yeah. Uh, Danny Graham got two. I remember that. He
2: did, yes.
1: Uh, oh, I want to say Luke Joyce, but I don't think he did. Oh, did he? Mm. I think who would have had a month we, actu-
2: we actually scored four, four in the last ten minutes in this game. Damn.
1: Oh, was that a giveaway, that? No. Um, yeah. Did Yohan Smith score on this one or did he score against, no, he was against Swansea? He scored, wasn't it, I think. Ah, uh, this is tough because we had a few lone players in at that time as well and um,
2: Chris Lumsden, I'll go, got one of them. No, Chris Lumsden oh. only came off the bench for the last oh, five right. minutes.
1: Okay. Ah, okay. Um... Right.
2: Uh, this is this is tough.
1: Um Joe Garner, did he get one?
2: Who sorry? You cut out on me there, sorry.
1: Sorry, Joe Garner, did he get one?
2: No, Joe Garner didn't play. Ah, oh, but Joe Garner didn't play. Oh wow.
1: Um Okay, so we've got Danny Graham too. Kevin Gall. Yes. Right, so that's free. Um Danny Livesey? No. Peter Murphy. I've yes. <laughs> got one more to get. So, Pete Murphy's bit and uh, uh, was this for, uh, Carl Hawley? No, okay, well, I'm gonna have to give you, up now because I've just got to kick yourself
2: because you've said his name. Oh, is it you one? No, oh, who Luke Joyce?
1: Oh, is it Luke? Shaw? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones that I remember he scored like a goal in that season. I'll try He who was it yeah. against? Yeah. He really scores only goal of the season it's oh, typical. Yeah. well there you go so That's that's a nice 5-0
2: Five, with Mike Dean as referee in front of 6,087
1: wow the glory days eh so um, right well let's go for the x file section Dan
2: for you to fit in this week a busiest week yeah uh, at the weekend James Tavernier and Tom Lawrence scored for Rangers in the 2-0 draw at Hibs
1: eventful game that wasn't it yeah massive <laughs> fair to say
2: uh, Oliver Norwood scored for Sheffield United in a 3-0 win over Blackburn. Jerry Yates got one for Blackpool in some game. This is a 3-0 yeah, win it Burnham. really was. Goals, really cards. Uh, Jack Marriott that, scored I guess Sorry, I just going
1: to say about that Burnley game. If anyone hasn't seen the red card Burnley got in that game, go and see it. It's one yeah, of the most ridiculous decisions. Yeah. Decision by the player, I
2: should say. Mm. Yeah. Jack Marriott scored a brace for Peterborough in a 4-0 win over Lincoln. Uh, Harry McCurdy scored in Swindon's 3-0 win over Rochdale. More on him soon. <laughs> Andy Cook scored a brace for Bradford in a 3-1 win at Hartlepool. Adam Campbell scored in Gateshead's 2-1 defeat at Dorking Wanderers. What a team. Dorking yeah. Wanderers. Some story, actually. It's worth yeah. reading. That yeah, definitely. They've only been around 20-odd years and have been promoted yeah. several times. Yeah. Uh, Gimme Two there scored for Yeovil in a 2-0 draw with Ultronham. Josh Todd scored in Queen of the South's 4 1 at Peterhead. And a, a mass of them. Workington's 7 0 win at Western Allotman Celtic. Dave Simonton got two. Steve Rigg, back from injury, got one. And James Hooper. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, couple midweek in the Cup. Andy Cook uh, scored again. Bradford's 2 1 defeat to Blackburn. And Arthur Gonowers scored for Morecambe in a decent 1 0 win at Rotherham.
1: Yeah, good win for that, for them, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: couple of transfers, as we've already mentioned, give me two there, signed for Jovo on a free transfer, obviously Mm -hmm. scored there, and David Amu has joined Stevenage on a free transfer after he got released by Port Vale in the summer. That's a really good sign for them, you know. I genuinely think I have to risk that. David Amu is a good, solid player at this level. I I think he was a bit underrated for us because he chips in with a goal or two as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Other news, right, Harry McCurdy. Go on. A, a free game ban and fifteen hundred pound fine for after his red card the other week, he went in the dressing room and threw a protein drink, exploded all over the referee's suit. His argument was he thought it was half time, so he went in for an argument. I can understand why, because I think it was the forty third minute he got sent off. Yeah. So by the time he's come down the tunnel, went in the dressing room and ah, oh, you know what he's like. You know, I'm going to see him about this. He's
1: maybe thought they're coming off yeah. the pitch or something, but... I think this is quite a lenient um, punishment he's got, you know. He's being a lucky lad. Because it's supposed to be, you know, sacri- sacrosanct, isn't it? You're not supposed to go in the yeah. referee's dressing. You're yeah. supposed to stay out. It should be locked. It should be said, actually. It's a of arsed up there, to be honest. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's where there's a slight issue, too. But, but yeah, he's he's not the sharp... And did you see he put on Instagram a photo? I, I've learned now that they're supposed for drinking, not for throwing or something. It's like, you never learn, do you? Never no, bloody lines.
2: No. He's always going to say something. And one other piece uh, last night, and we've mentioned them both already, James Tavernier and Tom Lawrence will be playing Champions League group stage after a yeah. fantastic win at PS3. Uh, Jared Branford was on the bench, didn't come on, they were obviously chasing the game once they went 1-0 down. And it'll be the Europa League for PS3, so I, I think he'll get a bit of... Uh, European action yeah you should do shouldn't you I
1: mean the the goal that PSV conceded and this was a dreadful one for them wasn't it it was a complete mistake by the defender but there you go right anyway that's it for this week Uh, Dan thanks once again for joining me really appreciate it Um, coming up episodes it's the same as it was previously we've got the Rochdale preview coming up as well Uh, we're hoping to do my CUFC 11 hopefully over the next week or so I'll try and fit that one with either Dan or Matt. Uh, Mike, sorry, I should say. Um and uh, yeah, we're still working on getting an interview sorted for an upcoming
2: episode, so there you go. Yeah. Yep. So fantastic oh, trust. We've, our... oh, we've go got uh, we've got Tim Tim lined up to come on shortly, haven't we? If yes, we as well.
1: Book. Yes, we'll sort out that with Tim as well. We, we keep yeah. putting
2: that one off, but we'll get that sorted definitely as well.
1: Um Dan, thanks for joining me. Thanks everyone no for listening. Thanks to our sponsor, the London Bunch, and up the blues. Up the blues.